Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Hey, most of you, when you open your life to Christ, you have no idea what He's going to do. I mean, really. I remember a 14-year-old Jewish boy named Bernie Fetterman heard about the Messiah Jesus, and I gave my life to him, and I knew about this much. Uh, You you see, in the Jewish faith, we don't even read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, We kind of stop at that book, uh, the Italian book, Malachi. Malachi. (laughs) And and there's something about that, that, that just day you cross over the line and Somehow you think that the Lord's going to give you a new religion or a new belief system. But actually what he wants to give you is a new you. But you're not going to receive a new you if you don't believe you need a new you. I'm just fine the way I am. Or I don't really need to receive your grace, God. I've got all kinds of grace. matter of fact, I'm a gracious person. And I'm humble too. Hear me brag about myself, you know. It's hard to be humble when you're this awesome. Come on. And so a lot of people need to come to the place where they recalibrate their hearts to say, God, I'm not all that you've intended for me to be. Whether you just crossed the line and believed for Jesus and in Jesus the first time, or you've known him a long time. We all need to recalibrate our hearts and say, God, you have more for us, and I welcome that more in my life. I want to be changed and transformed from the inside out. And I want to live by faith, not by fear. I want to live by worship and not by worry. I want to live by knowing that I am secure and safe in Christ, and I'm not dependent upon myself. The greatest thing about these days that we live in as a country is that we can put more faith and more stock in God. Someone said, there's so much information coming at us. And as my prayer, as I gave my prayer today, with so much information, God, give us the wisdom and discernment to know what is best and to know what is right. And I'm going to tell you what is right. Just listen. And nobody, well, you could argue, you could disagree with me, and you'll be wrong. Right now is a time like never before to put your trust and your faith in God through his son, Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. Why? Because he is literally a way maker for us. We have been using this scripture, 2 Peter 1, 4, throughout this series, and I want to read it again this morning. Matter of fact, would you read it with me, please? Let's go. God made great and marvelous promises so that his nature would become part of us. Then we could escape our evil desires and the corrupt influences where? Yeah, of this world. So if you want to have your life changed from the inside out, you need to know the marvelous, precious promises of God because they give us hope in the dark. Hey, when we started this series several weeks ago and had these big letters put up here, who would have known we would need hope like now? I mean, we need is hope. One lady said to me after 8 o'clock, sir, what are we going to do? Church online. If we can't gather together, I said, the same Spirit of God that resides here is in you. And when you go home, I said, here's what we want you to do. We don't want you just to watch our services the next two, two weeks. We want you to participate. 
It would be easy to sit home and go, yeah, that's great. Oh, look at Jose's playing the drums. Isn't that great? No, we want you to worship. Let the spirit of worship be in your house. And when I say or whoever's teaching says, hey, let's open to the Bible, get your Bible out. Take notes. Matter of fact, we're going to have our notes online for you, and you can actually look at them or download them or print them and take notes just like you do in church. We'll have our bulletin online. We're going to write a bulletin the next two weeks just like we've been doing. We have such a great team here and a great staff, and some of them have been working around the clock the last few days trying to figure out what our next steps are going to be. And I got to tell you, I'm not a one-man band. I could not do it without this great team that we have, a great church council. And uh, while we've been doing this project, I cannot, and I got to say it, I didn't say it in their services, he'll be mad at me, but Paul Hamlin has just been uh, a stellar project manager. Sometimes he almost needs to live here because he's here in the morning till late at night, and uh, he's been such a great person to lean on. Tyler, uh, Destiny's helping us with our social media. As I said, by 1230 today, you're going to see our new video. We just recorded it between services. Uh, So we've got a lot of things going on because people need to be informed about who we are and what we're doing. But here's what people need to be informed about, the marvelous, precious promises of God. And what happens to us is, and we've been writing these down every week, they're not in your notes, but, but through the promises of God, we see the heart of God. And his nature becomes a part of who we are. And by seeing the heart of God, we have hope. The more you know God, the more you have hope. Now, unless you've been sleeping under a rock, you know that there's a lot of unrest around our world today. And I began to look at different passages in the Bible and different Bible characters who weren't happy with what God was doing. Actually, that was my filter. Let's find all those who were unhappy with what God was doing. And I found one. His name is Habakkuk. Or as my rabbi used to say, Habakkuk. You want to say it? Let's say it. Habakkuk. Habakkuk, yeah. And, and, and he's what's called a minor prophet. He's not in the major leagues like Jeremiah or Isaiah. He's in the minor leagues. See, the major prophets got a word from God and spoke it to the people. That's the major prophets. The minor prophets heard from the people and spoke to God. Now, Habakkuk really wanted to be one of those major league guys. I mean, he's in the minor leagues. He's playing Lompoc Little League, right? And these guys are are major prophets. He only has three chapters in the Bible. That's all he gets. And God says, listen, Habakkuk, You tell me what the people are saying, as though God needed to hear it, right? He knew what they were saying, but he wanted to use Habakkuk as a minor prophet. This is 600 years before Jesus Christ comes to earth. And what we're going to learn this morning is Habakkuk wasn't happy with what God was doing. He kind of looked up to God and said, God, uh, your ways aren't my ways and your thoughts aren't my thoughts and my ways and thoughts are better than yours. Ever done that to God? God, I know more about my life than you do. How come you don't run it my way? How come you don't do what I say when I say it? (laughs) You know, one-third of the Psalms, one-third of the Psalms have been written as a lament to God, where the psalmist says, why is my soul utterly cast out? Where are you, God? I don't see you. I cry to you, and the, the heavens are quiet. And so here is Habakkuk. And here's his question. You could write this down. Why doesn't God seem 
fair. You see, in Habakkuk's day, the Costco lines were all the way from the front door to the gas pumps, as they were this week. In Habakkuk's day, Dow and Jones were both having a bad week. All right. That's a good one. Habakkuk 1, verse 1 and 2, the prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. And notice what he says. How, what? How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? You don't need to raise your hand. You ever been there? Hello, God? Come in. Come in, Lord. Give me a sign, a fleece. Lord, do, do something. Lord, would you make the wind blow now so I know you're there? God, would you cause my, my husband or wife to be nice to me today <laughs> so I know that you exist? Lord would, Lord, would you? Lord, where are you, God? And you hear nothing. Without responding, you ever been there? God, would you heal my friend? They're such a good person. God, would you, God, would you open that door? God, God, would you, God, would you? You see, the word prophecy here uh, and, and why it's in yellow is the word prophecy is the word for weight or burden. Habakkuk received weight from God and a burden from God. It wasn't like the prophecy that I am the Lord who will never leave you. You can trust in me. Cast all your care on me because I care for you, Habakkuk. I care for you. No, it's just there's a weight coming upon him. And then he says, how long, Lord, must I call for help and you do not respond to me? Wow. Habakkuk 1, 2, and 3 says, or cry out to you violence, but you do not save. God, what are you doing? Why do you make me look at this injustice around me? And why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing, God? Now, let me help you. And the reason I picked Habakkuk is because of what his name means. His name means to embrace and to wrestle. To embrace and to wrestle. He's embracing the God who is always good, and he's wrestling with why this season's not good. He's saying, God, I know that you're the God who who is forever. We're going to see that later on. You're the, you're the God that lasts forever. You're eternal. I just don't like what you're doing right now in 2020. God, you're so great and so wonderful, but you're not doing great and wonderful things for me. You're the God of healing, but God, I'm sick. You're the God who provides. That's why my, my buddy got a promotion and they bypassed me. God, I'm just trying to put gas in my car, as Tyler shared with us last week, the paradox of hope. You know, you have this God who can do all things for you, and then you wonder if you can put gas in your car or food on the table. And just about that time, you're, you're pumping gas and you're wiping down the pump, right, to make sure it's clean. Your neighbor drives by in a car that you've always wanted the color that you've always wanted, with the rims you've always wanted. There's only one like it in the universe and happens to be in your neighbor's driveway. And if you had it, it would park in a garage because that's how you take care of it. Somebody recently asked me this question. They were, they were bypassed for promotion, promotion and, and they said, uh, 
it's the third time I've tried. Should I try again? I said, sure, keep trying. Keep, keep, keep swinging the bat. Someday either you'll hit the ball or the ball will hit the bat, but you'll, you'll get promoted. And they said, I don't, what's the use? See, I, I love God, I believe in God, but I didn't get promoted. So he's wrestling between, I embrace God, but I wrestle with what God does. Do you, do you see that? Have you been there? <laughs> see, here's his problems, the problems that he has with God. Number one, God does not seem to really care. That's what he's saying. God, why do you allow all this suffering? God, why have evildoers paralyzed the law itself? Why does justice not prevail? After all, we want justice to prevail, but it's not. Do you care about what I'm facing, God? And the second thing is, what are you doing? Because it doesn't seem fair. Now, I know none of you would say that, but when you were younger, you might have. When your older brother or sister, if you had one, got to stay up till 8.30, and you were younger, you had to go to bed at 8, and you said, it's not, not fair. It's not fair that, 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 that someone can eat a gallon of ice cream every night and not gain weight. <laughs> and I drive by 31s, and I gain weight just driving by. <laughs> Ever said that? It's not fair. You can eat what you want, but I can't. One piece of bread and I gained 12 pounds. Come on. It's not fair. It's not fair that they have and I don't. It's not fair that other Christians have and I, I, I don't. It's not fair what's going on in our country. I don't get it, God. It doesn't seem fair. And, and then Jesus is on the cross. Remember when he said this? My God, my God, Why? Have you forsaken me? Do you know that Jesus went through a season right there on the cross where his embrace as very much God, very much man was righteous and right, but he was wrestling with what God was doing. You see, God had taken all the sin of all of us and the rest of humanity and placed it on his son. And his son in that moment became so ugly, the one who had never sinned became so ugly in that moment that God even had to turn his face away. And the Savior says, where are you, God? Hello, God? It doesn't seem like you care. It doesn't seem fair at all. And then the other thing, number three, is you aren't doing enough when I know that you could. If God is so good, why do I hurt so much? If God is really there, why am I here? Why did I deserve this, Lord? Do you think I deserve this? Are you giving me my just desserts? Am I, am I, am I reaping what I have sown in the past? God, did you slip up this time? What is wrong with you? And why are the righteous persecuted? I spoke to some young leaders recently that are coming out on their way to, to pastor churches. I mean, they're young. They are, let me just tell you how young they are. They're so young, they made me look old. <laughs> and I felt it. And I said, what you're going to have to do in your leadership is you're going to have to mind the gap. Now, uh, if you've ever been into Europe, uh, there's, there's trams and trains, and there's usually a gap between the platform and the tram itself. And they tell you to mind the gap. In other words, don't stick your foot in the gap. 
And I said, here's the gap for you. You're going to be a young pastor or missionary. You're going to work on staff in a church. Here's the gap. The gap is between your expectation and your reality. Expectation. I'm going to come out of college and get paid six figures immediately. Expectation. I'm going to get a, well, somebody's going to bring my lattes to me every time I snap my fingers. I'm going to get a brand new MacBook, and I'm going to, I'm going to get an office with a window view. And, and how many know that that might be an expectation, but it's probably not a reality for someone coming right out of school? Matter of fact, I met a young lady with an incredible engineering degree from Cal Poly who was working in retail making minimum wage with $120,000 in school debt. Her reality and her expectations had what? A gap. And our lives have gaps in them too. A gap where you believe this is going to happen for you. It's a gap of wrestling, and this is the reality of it. But that doesn't eliminate our faith in God. Let me read to you something from Max Lucado. He said, clouds of doubts are created when the warm, moist air of our expectations meets the cold air of God's silence. Let me read it again. Clouds of doubt are created when the warm, moist air of our expectations meets the cold air of God's Silence, God's silence. And you're left standing in the dungeon of doubt. Then you understand this. Perhaps it isn't that God is silent. Perhaps you've been listening for the wrong answer. That's worth remembering the next time you hear the silence of God, says Lucado. You have asked God for some pretty big and small things and nothing happened. Don't think that God isn't listening. He's always listening. His ears are not plugged. And he's answering requests, even ones that you're not making. I love what St. Teresa of Avila said. She said, do not punish me by granting that which I wish or ask. How many times do we ask for things that, thank God he didn't answer the way we asked it. We've prayed for things that, thank God, they didn't come through the way that we had asked it. Now, Keep Habakkuk in the back of your mind. We're going to go over to James. Because James understood this too. In verse uh, 2 through 6 of James chapter 1, he said, consider it what? Pure joy. Joy that's not tainted. Uh, Smile, uh, smile. Come on. That's the kind of joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, the Greek says, Trials of different shapes, sizes, and colors. And when you study that word even more in depth, it's like colors that you've never seen before. God's going to create trials that you've never seen before. Some of you are saying, yeah, all this virus stuff, we've seen it before. Well, not like this. And not the way that we're told to not even meet in church. I've only been doing this 41 years. This has never happened before. Don't meet in church. Interesting. Hey, but you know what? We're going to navigate through this. Why? Because the God we embrace is faithful and powerful and wonderful and capable. See, if we embrace the wrestling too much, we could actually pull away from God. 
I don't like what's going on, Lord. I don't like how things are playing out. I don't, I don't. And we wrestle with that. Though that's true, it's the reality. Our expectation needs to change and say, God, you are more than enough. I'm going to put my trust and my faith and my hope in you. So consider it, what? Pure joy, my brothers, all kinds of trials, many shapes, sizes, and colors, because you know that the testing of your faith, what? Produces parents. Anybody ever pray for perseverance? Yeah, thank you. You're why I don't pray for it either. But it is a byproduct of the trials in our life. And then perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Listen, the only way you become complete and mature is by learning through your trials. Is by going through trials and learning from them. Let me save you five years of pain. Please listen. Please listen. If you're not learning your lessons now, you will repeat the class. Several years ago, somebody emailed me, why am I going through the same trial all the time? Because you haven't learned yet. And it will be remedial. You'll flunk. You'll go back and back. And then if you actually pass the class, God will give you a new trial with a different color. Why? Because he's trying to do what with us? He's trying to mature us and make us complete, not lacking anything. You want to grow up? Well, welcome to Trial City. That's how you grow up. That's how you grow up. And you embrace God in the middle of all of it. It's kind of like these tension points. You have pure joy on one side, and you have trials on the other. You know what the pure joy is? I'm embracing. You know what the trials are? I'm wrestling. The pure joy is I'm embracing what God is doing. I have pure joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength, right? Right? In his presence is fullness of joy. The trials are, I don't like what's going on. That's why I picked Habakkuk. He's embracing God, and he's wrestling with God at the same time. Now, some people think that God's out to get them, so he's testing them. Can I remind you of this? The testing is because God wants to reveal your faith and God wants to reveal it to you, your strength. See, some people think God brings a trial so he can show us how weak we are. No, I think the contrary is, is true. He wants to show us our strength, kind of like when they test concrete to see how strong it is. All the concrete in this building got tested before it dried. Little cylinders. Some of you have seen it happen in construction. Or maybe you work around metal or steel. You understand they, they test the tensile strength. How strong is this sheet of metal? How strong is this piece of iron here? If we're going to build something with it, we've got to test it. And it's not really looking at a weakness. They're actually doing a strength test. How strong are you? You ever had a heart test where they put you on a treadmill? Isn't that fun? Then they rise the treadmill up like this. They make you huff and puff. They, I've been on it before. And I always love what they tell me. Gosh, you're in great shape for your size, you know. <laughs> you know. And then they make you cool down. Anybody ever done it? Come, just curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are they doing? They're testing how strong your heart is, how strong your muscle of, of the heart is, and how quickly it relaxes again. So God will bring trials your way to see how strong you are and to have you put your trust and your faith in him 
all the more. Now back to Habakkuk. I know you're just dying to go back there. Verse 5 and 6 of chapter 1, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. <laughs> For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe. It's like, yeah, Lord, I wouldn't believe it because I don't like it. Well, what's going to happen? He's going to use the Babylonians. They're bad dudes. Matter of fact, so bad that they're ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth and seize dwellings not their own. God tells Habakkuk he's going to use the enemy to get his work accomplished. And Habakkuk is saying, Lord, I, I can embrace your lordship, but I'm wrestling with your processes. I don't like what you're doing over here. What are you thinking, God? And why are you thinking this way? You see, a devoted follower of Christ can both wrestle with honest questions and embrace a genuine faith in God. I don't know if you like people that are real and raw and honest. I do. Don't you hate it when you walk up to somebody? How you doing? Fine. And you can feel the weight in their soul? I usually come back around like an airplane circling the airport. How you really doing? Oh, I'm well. I'm just doing, I'm well. I'm well. And you know they're lying through their teeth. And you get the cold shoulder from them, the cold elbow, the cold foot, right? More than a six-foot gap. Come on. You get all of it. And you go, I know that you're lying to you. You're not doing well. Listen, you know what God welcomes? I want to share this with you. God welcomes real, honest truth. Lord, I love you, but I don't like what you're doing. God, I love you, but I can't stand this anxiety that I feel today. God, well, God, I'm wrestling. Over in verse 12 and 13, Lord, are you not from everlasting? In other words, aren't you eternal? My God and my Holy One, you never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judge, judgment. You, my rock, the embrace, have ordained them to punish the wrestle. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. God, um, do you understand that, that you're going to see evil? And, and I'm telling you that you shouldn't look at anything that's PG-13 or above? And God says, Habakkuk, I got this, man. Why do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up the most righteous uh, than themselves? Listen, I'm not here to tell you that things are going to get worse. I'm just here to tell you that God does things and allows things that are beyond our comprehension, and we have to embrace him and trust him. I'm going to ask you a very deep, challenging question. Here it is. What if drawing closer to God, developing genuine intimacy with him, requires you to bear something that feels unbearable? Now, most sermons, we would just move on to the next slide, but I just want you to marinate on this for a few seconds. What if drawing closer to God and developing genuine mountaintop intimacy with him requires you to go through the valley and bear something that feels unbearable? See, if you deny it or run away from it, you won't grow from it, and it will come back around. If you say, well, I'm just not going to deal with it. It's just who I am, and I'm just going to always be this way. Come on. First, I want to say, get saved, get healed, get filled with the Holy Spirit, move on. Come on. 
And I need to do that in my own life. There's stuff in me that, that's lingered for years. I just need to say, Lord, I'm willing to go through the season, whatever it takes, so I can be more like you, so I can have more intimacy with you, that I can pull things out of my life where I can now be able to be closer to you than ever before. I think about this season that we're in. I, I know some people already said, well, I was supposed to travel for work or I was supposed to travel for the Air Force. They've ceased all that travel, work travel. I said, what does that mean? I'll have more time. Hmm, what are you going to do with your time? I can't go to sporting events. They cancel them. Even Little League. I wrestle with that one. I love watching Little League baseball. I love watching my grandson and my granddaughter play sports. I love it. I'm just telling you, it's my therapy. I can't go. What am I going to do with my time? I know what I'll do. I'll surf the internet and get all the information I can from every media outlet. No, you'll go nuts. My prescription is you, for you is limit that. But find out ways you can get closer to God. Some of you don't read your Bible every day. Start reading it every day and journaling. We're going to add extra Facebook content, uh, devotions and stuff, myself and the staff, some of our leaders, to kind of help you stay connected. But listen, this is a season where you can, you can feed yourself as well as watch, of course, our services online. But if you have more time on your hands, what does that mean? I had somebody tell me, oh, my company said we get to work from home. Do you do that now? No, but we're going to start. Oh, what's that going to... Hmm, that means you're going to be in the neighborhood at Tuesday at 1030? When you weren't last week at 1030? That's right. I said, huh, I wonder how many other neighbors might need you. I wonder how many retired people might need your help. I wonder how many single parents might need you to babysit. Did I tell you that earlier? Yes, I did. Hey, dear lady, don't worry about child care. Your kids could come to my house. And some of you are just going, oh, God, I would never do that. Well, what if God whispered in your ear, would you? Hmm. Just think about it. Marinate on those things. What about things that would help you get closer to God? So I want to give you a couple declarations. We're going to read a scripture. We're going to say our mantra we've been saying every week in this series. And then we're going to take the offering on our way out. And I'll do all that in the next 10 minutes. How about that? Let me talk to you about people of faith. If we're in a state like Habakkuk, we're embracing God and we're wrestling with God. Let me remind you that we're people not of this world. Can I remind you, you will not live here forever on this planet. If you're in Christ, someday we've got a place in glory in heaven for us, reserved for us. Thank God for that. And to the believer, to the believer, those of you who are in Christ, I want to remind you, this is the only hell you'll ever experience. And to the non-believer, <clears throat> excuse me, this is the only heaven you'll ever experience. Santa Barbara County, 2020. That's it. As good as it gets. So that's why I tell people, give your life to Christ and make sure that you've taken care of, of what is future. But while you're here, we live by faith, not by fear. Come on. We, 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 we are sacrificial, not selfish. We look out for our neighbors and our friends. We look out for the most vulnerable in our community, in our church congregation. Those of you that are small groups and small group leaders, man, I'm so glad you have small groups. Why? Because you're going to look out for each other. 
Well, we'll just call the church office. No, you won't. You look out for each other. Thank you very much. We got all kinds of people calling. But you can care for each other in your own community, in your own your neighborhood. And we shine like the light. We do not hide it. Come on. And we have hope where? Where? Even, even in the dark. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 9. Paul the Apostle. If you want to talk about somebody who embraced God and wrestled with God like Habakkuk, Paul the Apostle is a New Testament Habakkuk. Because every time he preaches the gospel, do you know what happens to him? He gets beat up and left for dead. Then they throw him in prison, in a real short prison, like three-foot wall. And they put him on a short chain to a guard. I mean, just think of that kind of a life. And here's what he said. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from what? From God and not from... Yeah. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. We're struck down, but not... We're struck down, but not... Yeah. The Phillips translation says we're knocked down, but not knocked out. I love it. I love it. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.